0: The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production.
1: Kansas State opened Big 12 play with an unimpressive performance and loss at West Virginia. And now the Wildcats come home to meet the surging Texas Longhorns. This is the Powercat Pre-Game Podcast.
0: It's time for Kansas State football. So get ready for a Wildcat football preview like no other. It's the Powercat pregame podcast presented by Robbins Motor Company, and it starts right now. And now let's go to the Spirit Street Studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald.
1: Kansas State is 2-2 on the season and quickly moving toward a point of mathematical desperation in a conference where falling behind the pack stacks the odds against even talented teams. They are odds that Bill Snyder's teams have defied in recent seasons while scrapping their way to bowl eligibility with late season surges. Saturday at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, K-State plays the 18th-ranked Texas Longhorns. And while this is far from a must-win game for the Wildcats, opening the Big 12 season with back-to-back losses while facing three out of the next four conference games on the road would be ill-advised. Welcome to the PowerCat Pregame Podcast, sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. I'm Go PowerCat publisher Tim Fitzgerald, and it has been a long time since the Texas team came to Manhattan and left with a victory. In fact, the year was 2002, and since then, the Longhorns have lost five straight in Manhattan. This, however, will be Coach Tom Herman's first trip to Manhattan as UT's coach, and Herman led the Longhorns to a 40 34 double overtime victory last season in Austin. That game was notably different than most K State versus Texas games in that Herman's Longhorns played physically and appeared to be well prepared to face the Wildcats. And also, true freshman quarterback Sam Ellinger was darn good on that day in Austin. And a notable difference this season from past games between these two teams is this K State team is struggling more than ever to find itself. The Wildcats were won two non-conference games it should have won and then appeared outmanned and outcoached in losses to Mississippi State in the non-conference and then again last week in a 35-6 loss at West Virginia to open Big 12 play. If the goal of a Bill Snyder team is to get a little bit better every day, then there remains a lot of work to get done between the team fans have seen so far in 2018 and one capable of earning Snyder's 20th bowl berth. As K-State's coach. Meanwhile, after losing its opener at Maryland and limping to victory over Tulsa, Texas has knocked off USC and TCU in back-to-back weeks and done so in impressive fashion. All of a sudden, Texas looks like one would expect Texas to look like. With a maturing Ellinger at the helm and K-State appears completely unrecognizable as a Bill Snyder team. And with all of that said, it only further convinces Texas fans that Snyder and his Wildcats will find a way to win over the Longhorns yet again in Manhattan. For those who have seen K-State play this season and Texas play the last two weeks, a Wildcat victory this weekend would probably come as a major surprise. Still, the question during recent years has not been if K-State will improve as the season progresses, but how much? And will that improvement show up on the field in this game against the Texas Longhorns. It's time for our first break on GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat pregame podcast. So let's hear for the first time from our friends at Robbins Motor Company, our title sponsor.
0: You're listening to the PowerCat pregame podcast. Stay locked in. Your weekly GoPowerCat.com roundtable session featuring former K-State football star Marcus Watts is next.
1: Robins Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, Fiat offers a wide selection of new and used cars, trucks and SUVs at competitive prices in the Manhattan, Topeka, Emporia and Junction City, Kansas areas. Be sure to check out Robins New Vehicle Inventory where you will find the most popular models from iconic brands such as Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep and Ram. Or if you're looking to save by purchasing a pre-owned vehicle, Robins has an updated stock of used cars in excellent condition. No matter what you are looking for, the team at Robbins Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat will help you get behind the wheel of your dream car. And K-State fans, visit the Robbins location on Anderson Avenue in Manhattan for an exciting test drive. It's the Robbins Motor Company, proud winners of the 2018 Customer First Award for Excellence and title sponsor of the Powercat Pregame Podcast.
0: Welcome back to the PowerCat pregame podcast. The Go PowerCat news team is assembling because it's time for the GoPowerCat.com roundtable session.
1: Kansas State is coming off a 35-6 loss at West Virginia, and now the reeling Wildcats are opening their home edition of Big 12 play Saturday by meeting the surging and 18th-ranked Texas Longhorns. in a preview the Wildcats versus the Horns with GoPowerCat.com's Powercat pregame podcast sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. And now we welcome into the show GPC Assistant Editor D. Scott Fritchin, football analyst Marcus Watson, staff writer Riley Gates, as we sit down for our weekly Go Powercat Roundtable Session. The Roundtable is sponsored by Blue Mark Energy. Does your company spend $4,000 or more a year on energy bills? You can reduce those costs by 25% or more and maintain the same level of service and reliability. Visit bluemark.energy for an energy savings analysis today. And now Blue Mark Energy is the natural gas provider for the Kansas State campuses in Manhattan and Salina. Blue Mark Energy, K-State owned and K-State proud. Boys, welcome to the show as we We begin to look at Saturday's game here in Manhattan between the Cats and Longhorns, and we're going to uh, start by returning to the scene of the crime in Morgantown and examine K-State's fairly dreadful performance there. D. Scott, let me start with you. When did you know things weren't going as hoped for the Wildcats?
2: Yeah, my my defining moment, Fitz, was actually that um, after the first couple drives there, Kansas State was stalling. Will Greer really gave K-State a chance early when he threw that interception to A.J. Parker to kind of start things off. I thought that was a uh, key opportunity for K-State. And then the next possession, Jordan Mitty recovers that fumble. Another um, opportunity for Kansas State. K-State was not able to capitalize. And I thought the inability for K-State to
1: capitalize early really cost them in this one. Marcus, let me turn to you now. K-State did get two quick turnovers door creaks open then they pin West Virginia back with a great punt and boom over the top a long pass by Will Greer for a touchdown that was exactly what K-State could not do you can't give up the home run ball and it's something as much as we complained about the bend but don't break was designed to do they isolated a corner in man coverage and burned him
3: yeah, and, you know, that's something that we talked about leading into this game was that K-State couldn't give up those big plays, and, you know, it was deflating. I mean, when that happened, you knew the route was on. Um, sitting at home watching the game, and like D said, couldn't get anything going off of those first two turnovers. Um, could had no. The offense looked so out of whack, looked like they was their first game, new offensive coordinator, new offensive line. Everybody was new, just – It just it was a mess from the first snap until the final snap of the game and you know, K State
1: just they didn't come ready to play at all. Riley for most of the first half, K State's defense was holding its own. You know, they gave up the big play. Okay, it's seven nothing, but they still well into the second quarter, they're holding Will Greer and the Mountaineers out of the end zone. There was hope. But they just they could never do anything with that hope.
4: Yeah, you know, honestly, K-State's defense outside of probably a total of, oh, I don't know, two minutes, maybe a little bit over two minutes played really well. You know, the big play there was obviously a a really awful breakdown, I guess. And then uh, the other time I was really displeased with the way the defense played in the first half was that last possession right before the halftime where I, I think there was like 57 seconds or something like that left on the clock it's not like West Virginia was in great position to score, but Will Greer just picked it apart, had his way, and just cruised down to, to the third touchdown in the first half. But outside of those two, you know, they played really well. Um the touchdown to go up fourteen to nothing. The defense was just, you know, backs against the wall already after not getting that fourth down. So it's kind of a weird situation to be in because Will Greer goes for five touchdowns, and West Virginia rolls on and scores a lot of points, but it didn't feel like a a, just a pathetic defensive effort. It just felt like they gave it their best shot, and then after a while, they just couldn't keep uh, fighting that hard anymore.
1: Yep, I agree. Uh, I'm going to die on this hill with this thought that if you go for it 95% of the time at midfield on fourth down, if you're Bill Snyder. That was the 5% when you don't. You just failed to do so, pick up the 6 inches on third down. You're only down 7 nothing. You're playing horribly. You need halftime. You really do. You need to regroup. And you get the ball to start the second half. The risk there for me far outstretched the reward, which is pick up a first down and then have an opportunity to maybe go down and score, but you really hadn't shown anything that – Proved you were capable of that. I, I thought they should punt, try to keep it at seven nothing, and get to the locker room instead. Twenty-one nothing. With Marcus Watts, coach of the Kansas State Wildcats, gone for it on fourth down?
3: Yeah, I would have done the exact same okay. thing Coach Snyder did. Um, you know, when they went for the quarterback sneak and didn't get it, um, I you know it, you can't really ever tell where the spot of the ball is. I think he got it, but the, that official. On that side of the field, um, that spot of the ball was not giving K-State good spots the whole game. We were texting about that during the game. Um, and then then they went for it on fourth down. Well, you run a quarterback sneak again, you're probably going to get the two inches you need. And at that point, Skyler checks to an option. Uh, And when you have a quarterback sneak called, you cannot – it's like a lock call. You can never check out of it because the offensive linemen are set in a certain stance. There's no way for them to get out of that stance to run the play that Skyler had checked to. So it was once – when they ran the option, it was a dead play. There was nothing that the offensive line could have done to help Skyler and the running back out in that situation. And Skyler's going to learn from that mistake. Um, One thing I don't understand is if you're going to do the quarterback sneak – Say third down, they try to ding it. Then they try it on fourth down. Why do you not push like they do at the goal line? I know. I, I don't understand. I mean, I don't get it because everybody knows that you're going to do it. You're never under center during the game anyway. And then you go up under center, they know you're going to quarterback sneak. Offensive line splits are tight. Should you be able to get six inches like Coach Schneider Absolutely. said? Every time you should be able to get six inches on a quarterback sneak. The offensive line just, as Coach Schneider said, the week before, they're soft. Well, I, let me ask you this. Would you have thought about putting Alex Delton in? For a quarterback sneak? Yeah. It wouldn't matter who was in. It, I don't, it, it wouldn't have mattered.
1: It looked to me like Skyler... Skyler didn't go very hard. No, no, no. He stepped back and changed his momentum and I don't know. D. Scott, you see him stand up to change the play. First game since the State bowl what 2010 that I'm not in the press box. Did you want to climb out of the press box and Say no. Don't. I mean, it had to be like to see this in person, like, what are you, what, what? First of all, they came out in the shotgun, and I'm like, why are they doing that? Then he gets under center. Okay, quick snap, go. Changes the play. Thoughts at that moment? Yeah, a big time decision there.
2: And I go back to this stock. K State is 3 and 18 in top 25 games since Texas in 2012. And we have seen some puzzling moments during that stretch of games against top 25 teams. Big-time team, big-time opportunity,
1: and just change of play. And you're wondering, what did I just watch? 21 nothing at half. K-State is essentially done. They came out and moved the ball. They were a little bit more effective. Eventually, Coach Snyder went to the quarterback change. Um, according to the reporting of Kellis Robinette, I thought it was a compelling story that uh, Coach Snyder made the change, which is prerogative as head coach, but didn't tell Skyler Thompson or his offensive coaches, which I find bizarre. He just put Alex in. Um, you would think you need to know who's the quarterback to call your plays, but maybe not. Marcus, this is the second time this season we've seen a K-State team essentially dead at halftime. The, you know, they still got the second half, but... You know where this game's going. There's not going to be a seismic shift in momentum. This is strange. This is this is troubling. They're not a little bit better away from being competitive. They're a ways from being competitive right now. Yeah,
3: and usually with K-State teams, you can kind of see some gradual getting better week to week, um, especially in areas that maybe had struggled before, let's say, the offensive line. You knew in that first half that it was going to be a long game. The offensive line was struggling mightily with that, Crazy defense that they the three three five that they run. They didn't know who to block. They didn't know where to block. Um, and, and so the team just looked flat. There was no emotion. Um, they just they they looked defeated. Um, which I can kind of relate. I mean, I can kind of feel it. You know, when you're out there and you don't get anything done, especially for the defense. You know, they played well in the first half, well enough to keep K State in that game. Uh, going into halftime. And when you're not getting anything from your offense, it's demoralizing. And it's like, you know, you're going to have to somehow win the game on defense, which you're out of completely out of control of because you don't have the ball in your hands. So you're going to have to try to create turnovers or get special teams returns for touchdowns because your offense is incapable of doing anything to put points on the board. And you know, and everybody knew, it was just a matter of time before Will Greer, um, started going off. One thing that frustrated me also was when West Virginia would get into third and five, third and six. K State looked to be more in a man defense, which West Virginia was running pick routes, and you could see that they were lined up to run pick routes, and they were running them all day just to get the first downs. I didn't see K State change their defense to go to a cover two, to so that the you know they can't pick the corner. The corner sitting underneath for that underneath route maybe jump that route. Um, And get a pick six, you never know. So there's just a lot of things in this game that, you know, I'm
1: sure the coaches like to go back and change. I'm sure the players would also. Okay, Riley Gates, we could pound our head against that wall all day and not come up with any substantial, substantive answers to what went wrong at West Virginia. This team isn't very good right now. Didn't play well last Saturday. But it's a new day in Manhattan. A new game, a new opportunity. And apparently a new quarterback will get the start. It came out early in the week. It's been reported across many platforms. Again, Callis Robinette with the star was the first one to publicly put it out in front of everyone. Alex Delton is reportedly getting the start for the first time this year at quarterback. Now, let's set the context of this. After the game, Coach Snyder was unhappy with Skylar Thompson, was very vocal about it, came back on Monday in the Big 12 teleconference and then Tuesday in the weekly press conference locally and kind of walked that back, said, after watching the tape, I thought the two quarterbacks were even, and yet it looks like Alex is still getting the start. I know you're not happy. I know you find it troubling how this is taking place. So where do you stand on this? Is this just a horrible, awful move to do right now in Game 5 of the season, or is it something that... Let's give this a shot.
4: I guess I understand it if you feel that you know Skyler Thompson isn't playing well and maybe you can shake it up and go with something different and get a new look I understand that approach but with everything that's been said on on the record from Bill Snyder this doesn't add up you know he was upset with Skyler Thompson's play but then he goes back and watches the tape like he always likes to defer to and he says oh they actually didn't play all that differently and you know uh, Skyler Thompson ends up grading out better or about the same as Alex Delton. I mean, they are they're essentially did the same thing on Saturday. Skyler's been more effective on the year uh, as a whole. Alex Delton has made multiple costly turnovers throughout the season, whereas Skyler has not, and he's made better plays. I'm just not seeing it. Um, and it's no secret at this point, I mean, they tried to paint it early in the season as both quarterbacks can both equally run and throw, but we know they can't. Skyler's the better thrower, and Alex is the better runner, and that's fine. They both have their skills that they bring to the field, and Alex is running the ball. So what are you going to do? You're going to put him on the field against the 29th best run defense in the country, um, a run defense that has not allowed 200 yards for any of its opponents in Texas. It doesn't add up to me. I don't understand where the philosophy from changing quarterbacks is if they played equally well, and you know, I I just I think Skylar Thompson gives this team the best chance to win, and I think that we'll see them go back to Skylar in this game. But unfortunately, I think it's going to be too late at that point.
1: Jay Scott, kind of a vague question for you. I wish I could be more specific here, but is this quarterback situation with the shuffle they're playing? Coach Snyder even said again they'll both play. You know, he didn't indicate that Alex will start. But they'll both play. Is this kind of a manifestation of the entire frustration and ill defined nature of this Kansas State football team?
2: Yeah, I think it's out of whack. I think this is a symptom of of a bigger issue here. And I think the quarterback situation is out of whack. I think there's uh, leadership that's out of whack right now. I think that's not only uh, at the top. I think it also has to do with, with players. Um, I thought at the, at the outset having so many team captains seemed a little different than, than most other years. And I'm, I'm not familiar with all the infrastructure of that. But it just seems like there's been one oddity after another after another that has made this a different season than in years past. You know, I look at
1: teams that have new coaches. uh, and You go back to Coach Moorhead at Mississippi State. They open with Stephen F. Austin. They open up the playbook and lay the wood to them. You know, they want the players to buy in and believe. They, they could have used more of that against Kentucky last week, but that's the point. And Bill Snyder comes out and says, "You know, we're going to be casual about this and not run a bunch of stuff, and we're going to do our basic stuff and barely wins." I think with new coordinators, they needed to come out and open it up. Let's believe. Let's let's show ourselves what this is going to be. Um, and so, I I think that might have been a miscalculation. We can all second guess. Can up can, and I, up. can I add something? Yeah, too? sure. This is the
2: worst K-State scoring offense through four games since 1989. It's mm. not a one-game thing. This is a four-game thing right now. Their average of 21 points per game is the fewest by any K-State team since the Wildcats averaged 12 points per game four games into the 1989 season. This, this is a four-game trend now. This is not just one game, and it's the lowest since Bill Snyder's first year. I think that's... That says something, unfortunately.
0: Thank you.
1: There you go, <laughs> uh, Marcus. So it leaks out on Monday that Alex Delton's going to start. What? First of all, did Coach Snyder really make up his mind before practice in the week that who was going to start a quarterback? But how the hell does that leak out and signal to Texas, hey, we're going to run the quarterback run game all day long against you? I just found this is a strange year. What is going on? I, coach can't be happy about that being out publicly. I mean, he's probably not happy about it, but Texas
3: would prepare for the quarterback run game anyway because they still run it with Sky, uh, Skyler. They just don't maybe run it as much, and it may be, may not be as prominent. I mean, this may go back to, like, when Colin Klein played and only threw the ball four times against Texas and ran the ball in case they ran the ball the whole game. You never know. I don't know. Yeah, Coach isn't happy about it, but, you know – doesn't matter. They, every team knows what K-State's trying to do and what they want to do against you. Now would would throw Texas off if, if K-State came out and shotgun no, ba- no backs, five wide receivers and said, let's go. Here we go. We're going to run. But they're not going
1: to do that. <laughs> let's hope. Let's hope it's all part of the grand scheme. Uh, well, uh, we have pivoted already to talk about Texas and we'll continue that discussion of the game Saturday between Kansas State and Texas with the second half of our roundtable session you're listening to the PowerCat pregame podcast sponsored by
0: robbins motor company all they do is cover kansas state sports the experts from gopowercat.com will return with more of their roundtable session on the PowerCat pregame podcast presented by robbins motor company I'm trying to get a group text
3: in on what everybody wants on the liquor store run, but my phone keeps auto-correcting liquor store to the fridge.
5: A fridge or the fridge?
3: The fridge. It just did it again.
5: Well, The Fridge is more than just a liquor store. The Fridge has over 3,000 wines in stock, the area's largest selection of spirits and crafts beers. Plus, they're back to back winners of Beverage Dynamics Retailer of the Year.
3: Oh, I get it. Wow, smartphone. Auto correct your next liquor store visit to The Fridge Wholesale Liquor, 1150 Westport in Manhattan, online at fridgeliquor.com.
0: Bluemark Energy is a natural gas products and service provider, offering a wide range of energy solutions to feed yards, hospitals, hotels, manufacturers and school districts throughout the Midwest. And Bluemark is now the gas provider for the Kansas State University campuses in Manhattan and Salina. Visit Bluemark.energy and begin saving up to 25 percent on the same product you're already purchasing. Bluemark Energy, K-State owned and K-State proud. For more than 20 years, there's only been one reliable source for exclusive and unmatched premium K-State sports news content. It's GoPowerCat.com. The tradition continues as Tim Fitzgerald, D. Scott Fritchin, and the other Go PowerCat sports experts continue their relentless coverage of K-State sports. So make sure you're subscribing to the one and only Go PowerCat. Hey, K-State fans, it's time to come home to GoPowerCat.com. We now send it back to Fitz and the GPC News Team in the Spirit Street Studios as the GoPowerCat.com Roundtable session continues.
1: We're back and we now continue with our GoPowerCat Roundtable session with GPC Assistant Editor D. Scott Fritchen, football analyst and former K State Safety Marcus Watts, and staff writer Riley Gates. The Roundtable is sponsored by Blue Mark Energy. Does your company spend $4,000 or more a year? On energy bills, you can reduce those costs by 25% or more and maintain the same level of service and reliability. Visit bluemark.energy for an energy savings analysis today. And now, Bluemark Energy is the natural gas provider for the Kansas State campuses in Manhattan and Salina. Bluemark Energy, K-State owned and K-State proud. We started talking a little bit about this game against Texas in the first half of the roundtable, but... Let's go a little bit deeper. I have nightmares about Sam Ellinger last year in Austin. The kid's a true freshman. You know, how good can he be? And he was great. I mean, Texas had their problems. K-State played fairly well. You know, Texas hung on for victory. But the reason they won in my book was Sam Ellinger last year. And everyone says, oh, he's a lot better this year. He makes better decisions. Oh, terrific. Terrific. You know, <laughs> yeah. you wrote about the dude. He's really good. I like him yeah. a lot. He fits K-State's offense really well. Yes, he um, And he's playing for the other team. Yeah,
2: B- big, good-looking dude, 6'3", 230. Um, you know, it was a key game for him last year. He had a lot of pressure when he went in that K-State game. His uh, 380 passing yards were the most ever by a Texas true freshman. And his 107 rushing yards last year against K-State were fourth most allowed by the Wildcats and all 487 total yards by Ellinger as a true freshman. Unbelievable. Um, I, You know, he can make all the throws. Um, I think what blows me away, though, is the fact that uh, he's thrown for over 200 yards and two touchdowns in each of the first four games and the fact that he is the only Texas quarterback to do that in school history. Um Really says something about the kid. I think he's going to be really, really good.
1: It's not like they've had any good quarterbacks at
2: Texas. Yeah, that, that's what surprised me. I thought maybe Colt McCoy or Vince Young.
1: That Vince Young guy was... He was decent. He was okay, yeah. He just won a national title for him. Literally won it for them. Um, Marcus, I'll get to you about Sam Ellinger in our breakdown session, but um, I, I do want to ask you this. K-State had so much trouble with the quarterback run game against Mississippi State. What do they have to do differently to bottle up Ellinger who kind of reminds me of Nick Fitzgerald in a way? Maybe a little bit better passer and not quite as good a runner, but still the challenge is there to stop a quarterback run game. Something you would think K State would be well equipped to do because they see it a lot.
3: Yeah, I don't think I don't think Texas and you know, I don't think that's what they want to do. I don't think they run want to run Sam as much. You know, he had a lot of injuries last year, um, and so I think they want to try to protect him a little bit. It's a little bit different than what Mississippi State does. I don't think they run the quarterback power game as much. Um, you know, but they they want to develop a, a running a game with their their backs more than they do with their quarterback. So, but if if they decide that they are going to run the quarterbacks, you know, Casey's just going to have to, you know, do what they're jobs are and get off of blocks and, you know, make sure that they're holding the edge so that he can't get outside the box. Cause once he gets outside
1: the box, that's when the break defense breaks down. Riley, this is a good Texas team. All of a sudden is, is Texas back. I'm going to ask you that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to let the other guys skip that question. Does Tom Herman on this day that we're recording
4: have Texas football back he, he, Tom Herman definitely has him on the right track to be back right now. Um, you know, I think we've seen Texas in, in years past kind of get off to a bit of a nice start and then, you know, not necessarily burn out, but kind of just chill and you know, finish 7-5 and five or something like that. Now, they're not going to be winning the Big 12 this year by any means, I don't think. Uh, but I don't think they're really that far off. You know, he's bringing in the right recruits. And what he's doing as opposed to what, you know, maybe Charlie Strong did when he was at Texas, they both got recruits. But Tom Herman knows how to coach him. Um, he proved it at Houston. He proved it last year. I mean, I don't think that that Texas team was was that good um, in terms of you know going to the Texas Bowl and, and being in that game. Like, but he had them in the right way. You could see him; he was had them going the right way, and now he has them playing confident. And that's the biggest thing I think with a school like Texas because. Let's be real. In years past, Kansas State had no business beating some of these Texas teams, specifically like 2006. There's no reason that K-State team should have beaten that Texas team. Um, But, you know, they they played really confidently, and and Texas maybe wasn't as confident that night. These guys are playing with confidence right now. They got – rattled a little bit by Maryland at the start of the year, but since then, man, they've been rolling. And I tell you what, that win over TCU last week, I think that changed their season dramatically. Yeah. I mean, I think that takes them from a 7-5 and five team to maybe like 9-3 and three or something like that. That's going to really propel them, I believe.
1: USC looks good on paper, but that's yeah. not
4: a good team. And, you know, in fairness, USC is being led by a true freshman quarterback right now, Who, but he is pretty talented. Um, they'll figure it out after a bit, but still, uh, still a solid win for Texas there, and um yeah, they they've got it rolling right now and if they get a win this weekend it's just another one to rack up, I guess. They
1: had lost four straight to TCU, got that off their backs. Um, let's get into more touchy-feely stuff here, D. Scott. Okay. Uh, I'm personally hoping that the pregame meal for the media are peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Uh, <laughs> that would be a throwback to when Mac Brown had those available for his team to snack on at halftime. <laughs> Mac Brown was also known for bringing the sideline heaters uh, to, you know, stop that bone-chilling 60-degree weather in Manhattan. Yeah. Soft. That's There's no way other to describe what Texas has been coming to Manhattan over the past number of years other than soft. Tom Herman's first trip to Manhattan. I think he'll probably prepare his team a little bit better, but as we see the temperatures now, they're beginning to say 60s, um, which it's odd to us, but to those kids that grew up playing football in Texas, that's cold. I don't know how, but it is. Uh, Still, I think Tom Herman's different. He's not going to buy into any of that crap or put up with any of that crap from his team. Go play your damn game, whether it's in a blizzard or 100 degrees. He seems like a tough guy, kind of like Bill Snyder. Your thoughts? I think he's very much a no-nonsense
2: guy. I I picked that up from him uh, at Big 12 Media Day. Um, Just his uh, exactness and uh, I thought his uh, (laughs) maybe aggressiveness with the way he, he spoke and the other thing I asked myself too is well who's Tom Herman going against? Well he's going against Bill Snyder. And what I did was on the flight back from West Virginia I looked looked this up and Bill Snyder is 14 and 9 in games coming off 20 point losses since 1990. Okay, what that tells me is that more times than not when K-State gets blown out of a game. They're usually pretty competitive in the game after that. And interestingly, two of those times, two of those blowout bounce back victories have come against the Texas Longhorns. Mm. You might remember K-State lost to Baylor 2012, came back and, and beat Texas to win the Big Twelve Championship. And then in 2016, K-State lost at Oklahoma came back and, and beat Texas one week later. So I think that in K-State has bounce-back potential. I'm interested to see what Tom Herbin does that
1: might be different for this Longhorns team in Manhattan this time around. Okay, Riley, i got some really hard-hitting quick questions for you. Uh, peanut butter and jelly, what flavor of jelly? Grape. Okay. Do, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe Mac Brown went with strawberry, and that was the Great. problem. Great. <laughs> um, and on Saturday, if it's 65 degrees of kickoff, will you be in shorts?
4: No, I will not. I I don't be. I'm never in shorts. Come on now. Okay, I was just asking. No.
1: you could play at no. Texas. I will be. Yeah, see, he's a man's man right here. Well,
4: I, I, I just, it's
1: more of a professional thing, I think. Marcus, I'm going to save a lot of the good stuff uh, for our breakdown. Uh, so I want to ask you a really, really great K-State sports question. Now, 2007, when they had all the returns, was that when Ron Prince came back on the coach's show with, with the cowboy hat? I what, don't know. Was that one of the greatest sports moments ever? Does the team did the team remember?
3: Him? I don't know if he did that. I had no idea about that. Oh, I just that that's the game warning. he did the Ron Prince stop down yep. the sideline. I know that that was fantastic too. <laughs> but the ten gallon
1: hat, man, he got that hat at the Texas Bowl, I believe, the, that year before. Oh, Ron Prince, oh, the guy. The fact that K State keeps beating Texas. Maybe it's highlighted by Ron Prince. Actually beat Texas.
4: I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's bizarre. I mean, it's just not Bill Snyder. Ron Prince did it. Ron Prince when couldn't you beat think Kansas. Of, when you think of K-State beating Texas, what do you think of? 2006.
1: Okay, uh, we're going to turn to our Wabash Station question of the week. And it's really not a question from Wabash Station, Riley. Oh. Uh, because it's a question for me. Okay. Uh, but I'm, I'm calling an audible here. I'm checking to the option on the fourth and sixth inches. Basketball media day was Wednesday seems a little bit early to me, (laughs) but uh, we talked a little K-State hoops. There's a lot of optimism about this K-State team. Probably there should be. But I came away from there thinking, these dudes look the part. They got after it in the weight room. What are your thoughts on uh, how this team looked
4: to the eye? I mean, well, first off, McCall Maween. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the guys put on like 20, 25 pounds of pure muscle, I have to believe, um, which is really impressive, and o- overall, I think that these guys are finally getting into that frame where you can feed a guy on the block, or an opposing team can feed a guy on the block, and you can feel confident knowing K-State has a defender to maybe go up and, and body that. I mean, look, KU, when when they played KU last year, all KU had to do was feed Yudoka as a Buki and hope that he didn't miss it because he wasn't going to get contested on a shot now it's a little bit different now they kind of have some of those big guys and you can't say enough about the job ben o'donnell has done i mean i think a lot of people were really skeptical of him when he came in because he's a smaller guy first off and the only thing that k-state fans know is a really really good strength coach is scott greenwald who is this big scary looking dude and Ben O'Donnell is not that type of guy, but he's done a great job with the with the K-State program in terms of building up their strength, getting these guys bigger, tougher, stronger, and uh, I think it's going to benefit them in the long run. They really need to take advantage of it this year.
1: We need to talk about our own strength program in the office, but that's a different topic altogether because <laughs> now it's time for D. Stad Fritchen and his number of the week. And uh, D., my number of the week is zero, uh, and that is the amount of faith that Texas fans have that their football team can win in Manhattan. In Kansas and rightfully so they never do it's unbelievable you know the chant that we own Texas from K-State fans is literally true when these teams play in Bill Snyder Family Stadium or KSU Stadium previously it's amazing what is your number of the week Fitz my number of the week is 5,824.
2: This is how many days have passed since K-State has lost to Texas and Manhattan when the teams meet in Saturday's 2.30 p.m. kickoff at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Interestingly, all five games in K-State's winning streak over Texas and Manhattan have been cooler than 70 degrees at kickoff. One other note, Saturday will be the earliest in a calendar year the teams will have met in Manhattan since K-State beat Texas 48-7 on September 19th, 1998.
1: Only the day will show us what the temperature is at kickoff and during the game, but forecast as of midweek or uh, for the game to be kicking off in the 60s, low 60s, mid 60s. We will see how that translates. And with that, the round table is closed. So let's head into another timeout on the Powercat pregame podcast brought to you by Robbins Motor Company.
0: The breakdown of the game arrives right after this pause on the Powercat pre-game podcast presented by Robbins Motor Company. Bluemark Energy is a natural gas products and service provider offering a wide range of energy solutions to feed yards, hospitals, hotels, manufacturers, and school districts throughout the Midwest. And Bluemark is now the gas provider for the Kansas State University campuses in Manhattan and Salina. Visit bluemark.energy and begin saving up to 25% on the same product you're already purchasing. Bluemark Energy, K-State owned and K-State proud.
3: I'm trying to get a group text in on what everybody wants on the liquor store run, but my phone keeps autocorrecting liquor store to the fridge.
5: A fridge or the fridge?
4: The fridge. They just did it again.
5: Well, the Fridge is more than just a liquor store. The Fridge has over 3,000 wines in stock, the area's largest selection of spirits and craft beers. Plus, they're back-to-back winners of Beverage Dynamics Retailer of the Year.
3: Oh, I get it. Wow. Smartphone. Auto-correct your next liquor store visit to the Fridge Wholesale Liquor. 1150
0: Westport in Manhattan. Online at FridgeLiquor.com. For more than 20 years, there's only been one reliable source for exclusive and unmatched premium K-State sports news content. It's GoPowerCat.com. The tradition continues as Tim Fitzgerald, D. Scott Pritchett, and the other Go Power Cat sports experts continue their relentless coverage of K-State sports. So make sure you're subscribing to the one and only Go Power Cat. Hey, K-State fans, it's time to come home to GoPowerCat.com. The Powercat pre-game podcast presented by Robbins Motor Company continues. Now we send you back to Fitz. Welcome back to the Powercat Pregame Podcast
1: sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. It's now time for your update on Kansas State football recruiting. Celebrate Kansas State University's fight against cancer with a Bill Snyder commemorative Fighting for a Cure shirt and wear it to the home football game or anywhere on Saturday, October 13th for the university's fifth annual Fighting for a Cure Day. The Johnson Cancer Research Center's programs to advance Kansas State University cancer research and education are made possible by private donations. Information is available at cancer.ksu.edu. And while you're there, check out how to take part in the 21st Annual Robert Gear Memorial Golf Tournament being held on Friday, October 12th. Emerging on K-State's recruiting radar just days before arriving for his freshman year at Butler County Community College, punter kicker Ty Zintner decided it would be beneficial to attend a K-State camp in the early summer of 2017. It turned out to be a very smart choice. As recruiting coordinator Taylor Brack quickly started building a relationship, while the former All-American punter and special teams coordinator Sean Snyder also zeroed in. Now competing as a sophomore for the Grizzlies in El Dorado, Zintner has offered his verbal commitment to Kansas State, expecting to arrive in Manhattan in January for the spring semester. Zintner, a native of Tecumseh, Kansas, is the eighth commitment for K-State in this recruiting cycle. And of course, subscribers at Go Powercat get up to the minute coverage of football and basketball recruiting from our staff. And we've now been part of the 24-7 Sports Network for more than a year, and the coverage just keeps on coming.
0: And now it's time to break down the game between the Wildcats and Longhorns. Joining you once again, it's go Powercat Football Analyst Marcus Watts. Kansas State and Texas
1: kick off at 2.30 p.m. at Bill Snyder Family Stadium in a game being televised on FS1. And now it's time for our breakdown session as the Wildcats and 18th ranked Longhorns meet in the Big 12 home opener for the Cats. And, of course, to help me out with this breakdown of the game is Go Powercat football analyst and former K-State safety Marcus Watts. Marcus, as we've chronicled earlier in the show, Texas has not won here since the beginning of time. It's one of the strangest streaks at, what, 2002? It's just bizarre. And you can go back to 98 when Ricky Williams, Heisman Trophy winner, rolled into Manhattan and just got stuffed as the Wildcats throttled the Longhorns and all the way through recent games in which K-State has found a way To win. And uh, if ever a year seemed to exist when that streak was in doubt, it's probably this year. Texas comes in with a 3 1 record. And of course, that loss came in the opener when they lost at Maryland 34 29. Still pretty hard to explain. Then they. Came home, played Tulsa, won 28-21, not very impressive. And then the last two weeks, the Longhorns have risen 37-14 over number 22 USC. And then TCU opened Big 12 play in Austin at 17 and lost 31-16. That was impressive. USC wasn't very good. I wasn't overwhelmed by that win. It was nice. It's name brand. Beating TCU that soundly, that was convincing. This Texas team comes in with a little bit of confidence. But it's Manhattan, Kansas, where they don't play well. And guess who they play next week? Oklahoma. Oklahoma and the Red River rivalry down in Dallas. Could they possibly look past K-State
3: again? I don't know. I don't think Tom Herman's that type of coach. I think he's going to have this team focused. And the fact that they haven't won here for so long. But I also can say, you know, when Texas plays K-State, you know, they look at K-State as not as – athletic not as gifted football wise they shouldn't be able to play with us you know and sometimes their ego gets the best of them um you know it is supposed to be chillier um on saturday i wish the game was a night game because if it was a night game i would have probably picked k state to win or it would have been closer game for me um it just seems like whenever texas comes up here it's usually more in november when they play them or late october when it's colder but They just don't play well here And I don't know what it is You know If it's the atmosphere If it's you know, small town, and it's in Kansas, middle of nowhere type of thing. They just they just don't play well. But knowing Tom Herman and how he is as a coach,
1: he will have this team ready to play. Well, every week, the 24-7 Sports Network, we swap questions and answers with the opposing school's website. And, you know, I, I theorize that they come in and they do the walkthrough in 50,000 seats and they play in 100,000 seats. And then they, you know, they drive there and there's a farm fields across the street and sometimes... You know the smell of manures coming in from the north, and they're probably thinking we're five stars. What are we doing here? You know we're, yeah. we're big time recruits. Uh, this shouldn't be any problem. And it always seems to be a problem. But I think Tom Herman's got them moving. I, I don't know if they're here yet, but Texas is coming, folks. They're <clears throat> they're going to be a really good football program under Herman. I believe that, and that's good for the Big Twelve. What's not good for Kansas State is Sam Ellinger, and I asked D Scott about this and. Our roundtable session, but I want to get your thoughts on a a quarterback who's kind of a dual threat. They're trying to get him to throw it a little bit more, but he ran all over K-State. He can break containment. He can get out of the pocket and move around and extend plays, extend drives, really gives K-State problems. But um, Sam Ellinger, as a quarterback, appears to be advancing and getting better. And that's dangerous for K-State. Yeah, and he was a
3: freshman last year. You know, he's had a year under his belt. Um, He had some injuries and stuff also um, last year. I think he had a concussion problem maybe um, uh, in the middle of the season last year. But, uh, you know, he's just tough as nails. You look at the guy, he doesn't really look like a quarterback. He's not very tall. Um, You know, he's – He's he's just big and stocky. He's kind of like a Colin Klein type of quarterback. Um, you know he'll he will lower his shoulder and run you over instead of run out of bounds. But he's also probably a better passer than Colin Klein uh, was when he was here. So he is going to cause Kansas State some troubles, and he's starting to get more and more confident in Tom Herman's system. You know, being in the second year that they've been there, so they are getting better as a team
1: overall. Yeah, they are, and and they seem to be finding themselves. And defensively, this looks like a defense that knows how to stop the run. And if you want to be good defensively, you got to do that first. They are second in the conference in rushing defense at 117 yards a game, exceeded only by Oklahoma State. And I think that's the aberration of why run it when you can throw it against the Cowboys like Texas Tech did. So in many ways, it can easily be argued that Texas is the most effective run defense in the conference. We with West Virginia right on its heels, and what do those two programs now have in common? They run the same style of defense. The same style of defense that gave K-State so many problems. Uh, well, virtually every year against West Virginia, but particularly last week, that 3, three five. Now, maybe they tweak it here and there a little bit differently. But still, it could give this offensive line some matchup issues, but K-State has to run the ball. They just have to. That's the way Bill Snyder's offense is set up. We can talk about throwing it more like maybe some fans want, but this offense is predicated on establishing the run, and we expect to see more Alex Delton in this game. Yeah, and Texas' defense is
3: not big. They're not a big defense. This is not a Mississippi State-type big defense. I mean, they have one guy over 300 and then their two ends are 255 and 275. That's much smaller. Than so Mississippi State. it's a lot smaller than Mississippi State, but one thing that they probably have over Mississippi State, even though Mississippi State had this, was speed. And these, these guys can run around. They can hit. They've gotten better. They struggled at the beginning of the year uh, with a lot of missed tackles and Tom Herman's made that a point of emphasis for this team and they've done a better job lately. Um, obviously they've won two big games against USC and then against TCU. Um, so they, they, it's going to cause problems for K-State because of the speed, um, but maybe it won't because they, they should be able to push them around because K-State's offensive line averages over 300 across, so they should be able to, to get some push up front. Uh, and create some holes for Alex Barnes
1: and if Alex Delton starts in the quarterback run game. We can analyze K-State's offense all we want. We can talk about the quarterbacks, and, you know, that, that's been an issue. The running backs haven't been as good. Uh, the receivers, Isaiah Zuber's kind of stepped up into the Pringle role, but nobody's filled his role. There's no number two guy to take pressure off of him, so they're struggling to get separation at receiver. But really, Marcus, it all boils down to that line. This was supposed to be a strength of this team, and it's not. They should be able to blow people off the line. They should be able to control the point of attack. And they're not. Are they capable of getting their you-know-what together and doing that in this game?
3: Yeah, I think so. I mean, they proved it last year. I mean, this is the same exact starting five that started every game last year for K-State. So you saw them struggle at the beginning of last year. A lot of that had to do, I think, with Adam Hallteruff being the center um, and, you know, trying to work him in there. And some other new guys were, you know, working their way in also. But they got better as the year went on. And by the end of the year, they were dominant. Um, I mean, that UCLA game, they rushed for over 200 yards in that game. And, it, you know, they dominated UCLA's uh, line up front. So I don't know what happened between then and now. I don't know what's going on. Why there aren't – is there a dissension within the offensive line? Are they just not – talking to each other? Are they just out freelancing, doing their own things? It's Is it the new offensive system, whatever it is, if it is anything? They've got the same offensive line coach who is one of the best in the country. I will say that no matter how well this offensive line plays or how bad this offensive line, but it falls on him. He's got to figure out a way and whether that's taking some guys out and putting some guys in like Josh Revis, putting him in different positions, obviously you're not going to move Dalton Reisner and Scott France around. Those two are pretty much set, but Maybe you got to move the guards around to see if the, you find they got to find something that's going to work. I agree.
1: And I think maybe when we come back to this, Coach Snyder likely is going with Alex Delton. He wants to get back to basics. Let's get back to the quarterback run game. Skylar Thompson can do it, but Alex Delton is clearly better at it, as we saw in the bowl game last year. And while Texas is good at stopping the running game, I think Bill Snyder has such supreme confidence in his quarterback run schemes uh, and how it complements a base running game that he feels like, let's go back to that and let's hammer the ball and let's establish that about this team and then maybe everything will grow off of that.
3: Yeah, and I've said, you know, I've talked about this throughout the year so far this year, that the type of offense that Coach Snyder wants to run that he wants to dictate the game, dictate the line of scrimmage, Alex Delton is a better fit as a quarterback for that offense. Now, if you're going to – step back and throw it a little bit more, then Skylar Thompson's a better fit. There's no one perfect fit for both ways you want to go. And so if they do start Alex and they do want to establish that word game, then yes, you go with Alex. I'm not saying Skylar's not as good as Alex is. I'm just saying for the type of quarterback run game that Coach Schneider wants to run that he ran with, that he's been running with quarterbacks for a long time, and especially with Colin Klein, then Alex Delton is the guy. But Alex has to be better at making decisions in the passing game because teams are not going to respect him in the passing game. They're going to load the box. They're going to play one-on-one on on the outsides. And if Alex can't read the defense or make good, consistent throws, then he's going to have the turnovers that he's had. It looks like he's forcing things because he wants to make the play. He wants to make a big play. He hasn't started. He wants to be the guy uh, personally. But, you know, you just got to take a step back, relax. If it's not there, throw it away.
1: You're not going to lose anything by throwing it away. Well, over the past and this long losing streak, Texas has in Manhattan. You could count on two things in this series. Uh, well, first of all, you can count on three things. First thing is Texas is going to have better overall players, better athletes, better dudes, as we like to say. But the other two things, more importantly for Kansas State, are State will be better coached and they will be tougher. I don't know if that's true right now. Kansas State does not look like a typical Bill Snyder team, and I think Tom Herman is a very good coach. So maybe that's a little bit more balanced than what we've seen in the past. And I saw it last year when I was down on the field at the end of that K-State versus Texas game. This Texas team under Tom Herman plays a lot tougher than Mac Brown teams. They want to get in your face. They want to get after it. They're playing up to their athletic abilities, and I think we've seen that on full display and back to back weeks against very good athletes from both USC and TCU. They're tough, they're well coached, and I think we're gonna see that in Manhattan. Yeah, and K State
3: hasn't shown that all year. I mean, what's one thing that you could always count on the K State team, no matter if the the opponent was five stars and better athletes, better football players overall, they were always the toughest team out there and they always you could always see it. You you can definitely not see K-State's toughness this year. It's, it's there. I know they still have it somewhere in there. Maybe they don't, but I, I think they do. Um, they need to show at this game. You know, whether if that takes some player making a boneheaded mistake and getting a penalty for 15 yards to – you know, to, to fire up the team or something, then do it. You know, talk some trash. You know, that's one thing I haven't seen a lot. I mean, there's a couple guys I do. Duke Shelley does it a lot, um, but you know, it's more pitter patter talk. You know, getting getting in people's faces. You know, show some emotion. That's one thing this team has not shown any emotion. So they need to they need to find it this week. Their backs are not against the wall yet, but. The, the schedule doesn't get any easier no. after this. No. So, you know, you got to play well this, this weekend. Uh, yeah, I picked him to lose, but, you know, I just, from what K State showed me, I don't have any other choice. Right. But do I think K State has a chance to win this game? Yes. If they do everything that we know that they're capable of doing, um, especially
1: in the run game, they will be in this game in the end. Well, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. One thing I know K State's got to do. They've got to get back to special teams. They've got to make plays. When they beat Texas, they typically have done something in special teams. They're just not doing that right now. They're they're okay in special teams, but not as good in the return game as probably Bill Snyder would like. And that's something that I will discuss here shortly with Bill Snyder. Thank you, Marcus. And let's get into the interview segment. Uh, and there's no denying this team has issues. And I... Asked Coach Snyder a couple pretty point-blank questions about those problems, including the offensive line and special teams and those things, at Tuesday's press conference. Now, I'm going to warn you folks, these are long answers. We like to call it in the media the billabuster as he tries to run out the clock on us, but there's also some substance there. I'll let you judge that. But we're going to start with a question here from our own D. Scott Fritchen to Coach Snyder about his team's 2-2 two and two start after a loss at West Virginia. Which is exactly how the Wildcats started their season two years ago. Here is Bill
6: Snyder. You know, every day is a new day, and uh, the thoughts and feelings change from day to day to day, and they're they're always reactive. You know, depending on you know how your players are, how are you, how they're doing, what their response is day to day. You know, what their effort happens to be during the course of a practice. Uh, you know, we had a good practice yesterday, and. Yet, uh, last week, we had a good Monday practice and practiced poorly on Tuesday and Wednesday. And so today becomes a very critical day. And, uh, you know, uh, right now, uh, based on yesterday's work, I feel pretty good about that. Uh, Tomorrow, uh, it kind of depends on what happens today. So, uh, you know, it's uh, not a a team yet with an identity, if that's, uh, you know, uh, Part of the part of the question uh, so that that remains to be seen, but uh, you know, it's uh, as always, uh, nothing's changed in that respect. It's uh, you know, I'm looking for you know improvement in all aspects of the game, and every phase of it, and uh, you know, you see some of it, and you see some of it that uh, uh, maybe occurs and then disappears, uh, which you know happened to us. Uh, know we'd been good I mean I'm going in different directions here but you know penalties came back to get us and we kind of thought we had uh, uh, really eliminated that not not totally eliminated them but really reduced the number and consequently enhanced our uh, discipline and focus Uh, you know we thought drop passes were you know we had gotten through that and then they that popped up again in the course of the ball game and you know on and on like uh, uh, like that so you know with the consistency is not there for sure so we need we need to improve we need to uh, uh, get to a point where we're consistently improving
1: the offense right now is struggling obviously the defense is kind of ill-defined at what they're going to be their strength and special teams have been good but maybe not as game-changing as in the past Uh, but yet you're two and two you've only played one conference game it was on the road and you lost but that's not atypical of what you've seen the last few years. How is this team the same as the ones that have rallied to finish strong the last few seasons, and how is this team a little bit different than those?
6: Good question. I I, I was just visiting with the, with our coaches a little bit ago, and uh, I I don't know uh, right now. Like I said, they're you know we haven't a really established an identity. I don't know if I could know answer the question what the difference is I think we'll find out rather quickly if uh, you know uh, talking or thinking about Scott's uh, you know evaluation of uh, last year and where we went after a two and two start Uh, so I mean we'll have something to compare it with quite obviously when uh, when we get through the next few ball games but uh, I see you know, I was visiting with our coaches and uh, watching tape of last year's ball game, watching uh, with Texas and watching uh, our offense, you know, and the offense, same people, same people. Uh, and you know, you go back and you look, I mean, it's a close ball game. We lose the ball game on a penalty in a second overtime. Uh, so offensively, you know, we they they did all right. I mean, they played reasonably well against a good Texas defensive football team. And as I said, it's the same people. You know, you look at uh, position by position, you know, we don't have Demo, we don't have Pringle, uh, don't have Valentine. Everybody else exactly the same. Exactly. And so there, to me, there isn't any reason why we shouldn't be a better team from an offensive standpoint, being able to score as, uh, uh, as readily as we did in that ball game to move the ball, you know, uh, enough to, you know, score 40 points or so, whatever the number was. Uh, it hasn't happened, you know, so, just not totally certain what, uh, there are all these things that need to be corrected, and as I said before, I'm being redundant, I know that, but. Uh, you know, we, we identify the problems, we work hard at trying to get them corrected, the players work hard at trying to get them corrected, we get them corrected, and it doesn't remain consistent, and they pop back up again. Uh, so it's, it's developing, as I said, that consistency at being able to, you know, improve the very improvable mistakes. I mean, that's coach talk, I guess, but nevertheless, they are so, so correctable. And I I look at, uh, you ask about the defense and special teams as well. I think defensively, you know, we're going through some growing pains, but nevertheless, uh, you know, it wasn't, uh, uh, I mean, they had, in, in all reality, they had seven points on one big play in the first half of the ball game. You know, basically that's the way it could have played out very easily. Uh, so, you know, they were doing some very, very good things. It tells me that there is a capability of being able to do that, even though, you know, we're uh, altering positions and banged up a little bit in that, uh, in that respect. In special teams, uh, yeah, we've, we've been okay, but we haven't, I agree with you, we haven't excelled uh, quite like we should, and in, in particularly in our return game. You know, I think our, our kickoff cover game has been pretty good. Our, our punt. Uh, our punt game picked up a little bit as far as hitting the ball last week. I mean, uh, a youngster got the ball up down there. We had a 65-yard punt that we killed on the four or five-yard line down there. That's a major play in a ball game that dramatically impacts the field position, unlike the very first kick of the ball game where we hit it 33 yards and give them a very short field to, to work with. But, uh the cover units uh, with that exception of one long kick and a 18-yard return have been pretty good. Uh, I think it's our return game that really hasn't uh, you know we've scored on the uh, uh, punt return early in the ball in, in the season and then we had a kickoff return called back on a uh, penalty uh, but outside of that we really haven't done you know done very much. That's where in the kicking game, that's where the most improvement needs to come, uh, and I think uh, there's a lot of reasons why it's not there right now, but uh, most of them are just uh, border on, you know, do what you're supposed to do, you know, the way you're supposed to do it, and, and things work out pretty well. Uh, and, and all that being said, you know, you go back and look at this ball game, and uh, I, I know it's, uh, you know, for our players, it's hard to believe, and I really don't, uh, shouldn't harp on it, uh, but I, I'm trying to allow them to understand, uh, you know, just how how close they really are. I mean, you look at the ball game, you say, well, "I mean, it's a bad team," and you're not not close at all. You know, who are you kidding? Uh, but you think about, uh, you know, that the third and fourth down plays that we didn't get the first and ten. You know, had we gotten the first and ten uh we would probably eaten up the clock you know for the rest of it. so at, at worst we go in down seven i mean that that's two touchdowns you know if we drop a touchdown pass that's uh that's three uh we end up with uh, a fumble uh, that uh, gives them a 20-yard field you know to score which is four and uh, i don't know there's a couple more in there they're just uh, Uh, things that uh, that we have total control over, you know, it's not uh, it's not somebody, you know, beating you uh, Because they're just much better than you are. It's it's us doing things uh, Incorrectly that we are more than capable of doing the right way and and to me that's how close we really are. And, uh, but uh, what really counts is you know, whether we do it or not, you know, and I can talk all day about, you know, this could have been and this could have been, but the point is we've got to do it. And the uh, you know, big thing will be, uh, will be today. Uh, you know, as I said, you know, we last, uh, last week we didn't practice well on Tuesday and Wednesday and showed up on game day. And uh, today's a, a chance to rectify that you know, to get get the week off the right start.
1: You come into every season and you say it's a new year, new team, even with personnel returning, Mm -hmm. but you also probably realize that there's some knowns and unknowns about your team uh, that is returning. The biggest known on this team is the offensive line. How surprised are you that you're not more effectively protecting and running the ball with that line?
6: Well, I'm saying that it First and foremost, it's not all offensive line. I mean, there are, a lot of, there are a lot of things going into whether we're effective moving the ball or not, and all of it is not those five guys up in front. Uh, they have a hand in it, you know, most certainly. I mean, it's, it's, it falls on all of us. I mean, it's a collective thing. Uh, but, uh, you know, I you know, certainly your expectations would be, uh, elevated uh, a great deal because of having all the returning guys back up front and the, the capacity to play together, to understand each other, uh, etc. But, uh, you know, it, it, we haven't played to the capabilities that we, that we have. I think there, uh, I, I thought yesterday, I thought one of the highlights of the practice yesterday was our offensive line. Uh, And the fact that they were, I mean, there was some spirit about them. There was a communication that I hadn't seen uh, during the course of this season uh, so far, you know, between, I mean, football communication between uh, each of our offensive linemen in regards to being able to pick up movements and stunts and all that goes along with it and uh, how they uh, interacted before and after each snap of the, you know, of the practice. Uh, to try to help each other out, so I was I was pleased with you know the way they approach the practice. Anyway, they realize they have to get better as well. They understand that.
0: What are the keys to a wildcat victory, and what are our experts' predictions? It's next on the Powercat Pre-Game Podcast, presented by Robbins Motor Company. I'm trying to get a group text in on what everybody wants on the liquor store run,
4: but my phone keeps auto-correcting liquor store to the fridge.
5: A fridge or the fridge?
4: The fridge. It just did it again.
5: Well, the Fridge is more than just a liquor store. The Fridge has over 3,000 wines in stock, the area's largest selection of spirits and craft beers, plus they're back-to-back winners of Beverage Dynamics Retailer of the Year.
3: Oh, I get it. Wow. Smartphone. Auto-correct your next liquor store visit to the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, 1150 Westport in Manhattan, online at FridgeLiquor.com.
0: Bluemark Energy is a natural gas products and service provider, offering a wide range of energy solutions to feed yards, hospitals, hotels, manufacturers, and school districts throughout the Midwest. And Bluemark is now the gas provider for the Kansas State University campuses in Manhattan and Salina. Visit bluemark.energy and begin saving up to 25% on the same product you're already purchasing. Bluemark Energy, K-State-owned and K-State-proud. For more than 20 years, there's only been one reliable source for exclusive and unmatched premium K-State sports news content. It's GoPowerCat.com. The tradition continues as Tim Fitzgerald, D. Scott Pritchin and the other Go PowerCat sports experts continue their relentless coverage of K-State sports. So make sure you're subscribing to the one and only Go PowerCat. Hey, K-State fans, it's time to come home to GoPowerCat.com. It's a K-State sports tradition. It's Fitz's five keys to victory on the Powercat pregame podcast presented by Robbins Motor Company.
1: Big 12 action arrives in Manhattan as the Kansas State Wildcats prepare to take on the 18th-ranked Texas Longhorns on Saturday at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Can the Wildcats get their season headed in the right direction by beating the improving Horns in a game scheduled for a 2.30 p.m. kickoff on FS1? I'm Go Cat publisher Tim Fitzgerald, and now it's time for my keys to the game. Our keys to the game are sponsored by Tanner's Bar and Grill in Aggieville. Great food, friendly service, and the best place to watch sports in Manhattan can be found at Tanner's. You've got time for one final final at Tanner's. Tanner's located at the corner of 12th and Morrow in the historic Aggieville Business District. Key number one, man up. According to media reports this week, K-State plans to start junior Alex Delton at quarterback against Texas after sophomore Skylar Thompson started the season's first four games. That could be an indication that Bill Snyder is ready to take a back-to-basics approach with the offense and try to use K-State's dual-pronged running attack with Alex Delton and running back Alex Barnes. That would mean Snyder knows that while plenty needs to change to find more success on the offensive side of the ball, this offensive line needs to dig in and be physical. Going back to more traditional quarterback run plays may allow that to happen. The issue is Texas has been been darn good against the run this season so that plan plays right into the teeth of this UT defense key number two do something different okay so key number one is predicated on coach Snyder taking a back-to-basics approach but that cannot be the entire game plan this offensive coaching staff came into the season promising some new wrinkles from the play calling. But so far, the only wrinkles have been on the foreheads of confused onlookers. This offense is not inventive. It's mostly a bad version of the same old, same old. And it's time to change. Yes, establish that quarterback run game and power ground attack with Barnes. But serve up something different on occasion to spice up the recipe of an otherwise flavorless offensive attack. Key number three. Bottle up Ellinger, last season in Austin, then true freshman quarterback Sam Ellinger ran the ball 20 times for 107 yards, a performance that proved to be decisive in the double overtime game. Many of Ellinger's yards came on scrambles and Texas would prefer not to subject their sophomore quarterback to many hits on designed running plays. But there's no denying that mobile quarterbacks can hurt this defense. Simply rewind to week two of the season and remember what Mississippi State's Nick Fitzgerald did to the Cats. So keep Ellinger contained because the vision of him running free through the K-State secondary is a lasting memory from last season's loss in Austin. Key number four rise to the occasion. K-State's defense is battered where a number of starters, mostly in the secondary, will either be out of the game or slowed by injuries. It's much earlier in the season than usual for K-State to be so depleted by injury, but now it's important that new players step up and play important roles for a team in need of a lift. If there is a noticeable drop-off in the level of performance for the K-State defense, then UT will have little problem muscling its way to enough points to claim victory. And key number five, cut, paste, repeat again. A key ingredient in K-State's unusual success against Texas through the life of the Big 12 has always been outstanding special teams play. Coach Bill Snyder admitted this past week that the return game has not been as impactful as he would like, so it's likely some added emphasis was put on that area of the game this week in practice. Can K-State get a game-changing play or two in special teams? It always helps. But so far this season, that may be nearly essential to any winning formula. That completes our keys of the game, and now let's turn our attention to our staff predictions and bring back in D. Scott Fritchin, Riley Gates, and Marcus Watts. K-State is 2-2 two two as it prepares to open its home portion of Big 12 play against Texas. It's time for our predictions, and as always, we start with our assistant editor and football beat writer, D. Scott Fritchin. Fits.
2: I got 27-20 Texas. Listen, Sam Ellinger will be too tough for K-State to handle. I expect the Wildcats to come out spirited, but the Longhorns are too strong
4: this season, and the Wildcats simply have too many questions. Relegates. Gates. I got Texas winning it 27-13. Honestly, it's going to look exactly like a lot of these games have looked. One touchdown maybe and some Blake Lynch field goals. This offense is not in a good place right now.
3: And Marcus Watts. I have Texas winning 32, K-State 13. Ouchie. Um, I just think, you know, Texas, they've gradually gotten better every week, and they beat a really good TCU team last week. Um, and handle them pretty well in that second half. So they're
1: riding high, and I think they're going to come in Manhattan and continue their getting better every week. Well, I think Kansas State will play halfway decently, but I'm still not convinced this offense can finish off drives. And I think it's going to be the Blake Lynch show, unfortunately, for the Wildcats. But if this game is at eight-and-a-half point favorite, I'm declaring victory for the Wildcats because they'll cover that. Uh, I've got Texas winning 24-16. to 16. Riley, that's eight points, by the way. Got it. I know you're bad at math. And that will do it for our prediction segment. And right after this network break, I'll complete this preview of K-State's game with the Texas Longhorns with my final take. I am Tim Fitzgerald, and you are listening to the GoPowerCat.com PowerCat Powercat pregame podcast sponsored by Robbins Motor Company.
0: He's been covering K-State sports for more than 30 years. The PowerCamp pregame podcast continues with Fitz's final take.
1: The dedicated team of automotive professionals at Robbins, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, Fiat are here to help you throughout the entire car buying process. The Robbins Vehicle Sales Team will match you with a vehicle that suits your lifestyle and budget, while the experts at the Robbins Automotive Financing Department will help you understand all of your auto loan and car lease options. If you have any questions about the cars, trucks, or SUVs in their vehicle inventory, give Robbins a call at its location on Anderson Avenue in Manhattan and at Robbins Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat you can get your vehicle serviced at their state-of-the-art automotive center bring your vehicle in for a quick oil change and inspection or make an appointment for advanced engine repair or bodywork it's the Robbins Motor Company proud winners of the 2018 customer first award for excellence and title sponsor of the Powercat pre-game podcast
0: The Powercat pregame podcast presented by Robbins Motor Company is back with Fitz's final take.
1: Most fans are not happy with the version of Kansas State football they've been witnessing so far in the 2018 season. The team is penalty prone turnover-prone, and not prone to finite execution. Basically, this Bill Snyder football team does not look much like a Bill Snyder football team. The Wildcats are 2-2. That isn't a big surprise considering Mississippi State and West Virginia, the teams that have both beaten K-State, are both good. But it's the way K-State is playing and being dominated by like opponents that is troubling. And it's causing many fans to wonder if K-State's wizard, Bill Snyder, has lost his magic touch. Let's pump the brakes. Okay, so this isn't a great K-State team and it's not even as good as most people expected. But the 12-game season is just four games in. Maybe we all should let more season play out before passing some grand final judgment on a man who built K-State football from nothing to something of serious substance. However, Snyder teams are judged against the very standard that he set. And so far this season, these Wildcats are not measuring up. And I expect this team to drop to 2-3 after playing Texas on Saturday, but opportunities await as the season progresses. And Snyder's teams also tend to improve over time. If this team doesn't get better, if these Wildcats don't compete at a higher level, and if the losses mount, then a lively discussion of the future of the program is certainly reasonable. But we could also stand to do it without the off-with-his-head rhetoric expressed by some this past week. That concludes this week's episode of the Powercat Pre-Game Podcast. We will have our show ready for you to download or stream by noon next Friday as we preview K-State's road game at Baylor. For D. Scott and Riley Gates, and Marcus Watts, I am Tim Fitzgerald. It's the Kansas State Wildcats versus the number 18 Texas Longhorns kicking at 2.30 p.m. Saturday at Bill Snyder Family Stadium.
0: You've been listening to the PowerCat Pre-Game Podcast presented by Robbins Motor Company. The PowerCat Pre-Game Podcast, all rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.